right, it's Tuesday, November 28, 2023. My name is Jaron Jackson of Do Love America. For me, it's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. You are watching the only live stream that makes the daily news bow to the King Christ Jesus. Amen. Proverbs chapter 28. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 4, if I may. They that forsake the law praise the wicked. But such as keep the law contend with them. Proverbs 28 and 29 are really some of my favorite proverbs, especially for people who have a focus of correcting corrupt government, because 28 and 29 has loads of proverbs and wisdom from God about how the leaders in government and how leaders in general should be treating, thinking, behaving, and doing what they're supposed to be doing. But it's this idea, they that forsake the law, forsake, you're giving it away. You're giving up, you leave, you, you abandon. You abandon the law, praise the wicked. If you give up the law, you praise the wicked. But opposite, those that keep the law contend with them. Which means if you are going to keep the law, if you're going to do righteousness, you are to contend, to struggle, to fight, to war, to battle, you know, use whatever you word you want. I want to talk about trafficking today. We're going to anchor this live stream by God's grace on how men should be leading. We're going to be, I'm going to use a vicious depiction. I gutted my first deer last night. Third deer killed, but I gutted my very first deer last night. I'm going to use that experience. I'm going to use that experience. And so that will be anchoring the live stream. It will be vicious. It will be gruesome. Uh, I will be using language depicting that type of imagery, but I, uh, that's, I'm going to use what's in my real life for how I feel and linking it to the things of the day. But we're first going to start. I'm first going to start with trafficking. Then I'm going to build on that with the idea that trafficking as a tool or as a lever for righteousness. And I'm going to try to, in the second segment of this live stream, I'm going to try to thread the needle. Because while it does not matter how we come to the truth, the, the, the truth can be presented in all sorts of ways. By meme, by celebrity, by reading a book. You could observe an event and say, well, that's not right. Like There are multiple ways that one can arrive to the truth but there is one truth and so I'm going to try to in the second part of this live stream today to thread the needle that while there are many people approximating approaching the truth of trafficking which is vicious and evil and horrible the scourge of our day second only um, to abortion. I mean, abortion, the mass butchering of babies is way worse than trafficking and trafficking is modern day human slavery. But the truth of these situations, of these sins, of these crimes need to, in my opinion, and this is the positive case I'm going to be making, need to be leading people to a specific behavior when they come to this truth. And Lord willing, we'll lay that out. Uh, before we start, I'd like to point your attention to the patriotswitch.com slash Jaren option. 
This is the way to bless my ministry, support the way that I do things here, keep the content flowing. If you've been educated, illuminated, edified, equipped, entertained, or inspired, please consider switching the shopping that you're already doing to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren, a private membership association with direct product purchase delivered right to your home, over 450 household products, American manufacturing, made by Americans for Americans. Take your money out of the godless commie globalist system and switch it over to American manufacturing, patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Thank you very much. For starters, yesterday I spoke about how Elon was in Israel. In fact, there is the thumbnail right there. This is a thumbnail from yesterday's broadcast. Now, what I was talking about yesterday was the fact that Elon was in Israel because Elon owns X. He's a very popular, influential person because he owns the largest microphone in the world. I showed how X reaches more people. They are in the top searches of people looking for information than Instagram, than Facebook. I just want to do a side note. It's a sad commentary where most people's searches don't end up on the Bible. <laughs> and it's a sad commentary where most people aren't like reading books. Uh, so it suggests to me that one of the difficulties of truth is that now the social media and the internet is the layer on top of the old authors, the old books that are actually written down. Just want to make that side point. But the fact that Elon Musk was in Israel yesterday is because he has the biggest, broadest, loudest, most influential microphone in the world. He owns the dirt of the house that people go to to learn stuff. He owns the place. When Jesus came from, rose from the grave and he says, all power and authority is given to me, therefore, in heaven and on earth. That's Jesus saying, I own the place. Jesus owns creation. Elon Musk owns the foundation. He owns Twitter. Twitter is the biggest microphone. It's the platform where the most information is. And I don't see that being limited because Elon Musk, for what I can observe, is not in cahoots with the globalists. In fact, Twitter's brand, X's brand, seems to be specifically designed to permit what the globalists were canceling. And that's the context that I want to speak to you about trafficking. Because trafficking wasn't used to be able to be talked about. You used to get canceled by speaking of it. I remember in 2015 when Pizzagate first came out, I was following a guy named Mike Cernovich on Twitter. And that's how I came to figure out and to learn about it. And I tweeted Pizzagate stuff in 2014 or 15, I forget which. But then everyone started, be, you know, be called it a conspiracy theory. Everyone started saying, well, this is a hoax and this isn't right. And, oh, come on. You really believe that all of these high-ranking politicians are involved in child sex? Come on. This doesn't make sense. And then, of course, you got the Q movement. We'll, 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 we will get to that. But the context of trafficking, let me see if I can do this. Because Elon Musk owns the biggest platform, Elon Musk's attendance to Israel was in response to advertisers being pulled out. But if you look at it from the Jewish power perspective, that shows the Jewish financial influence. That's not how I see it. 
how I see it is that Elon Musk cares about speech and by going to Israel gets him probably the advertisers back because he made a sign and a show of deference to Jewish power but at the same time people can still question Jewish power on Twitter where before Elon they couldn't so Elon going to Israel I don't know if he went to the wall. I don't think he did that. But Elon, who doesn't love Jesus, he needs the gospel, went to Israel to uh, basically placate, if I could use that word, placate you know, Israel and the Jewish interests. But he's also still allowing people that openly call for the support of Palestine, openly call for the... Um, you know, uh, suspicion of Jewish power or the, the, the detriment of the Israeli, uh, you know, not the detriment, but certainly call into, uh, call into question the corruption of the state of Israel. My whole point is not to anchor this to Israel or Jews. My whole point is to say that a topic that you generally couldn't be talking about on Twitter before Elon Musk, you can now be talking about on Twitter because of Elon Musk. And so that is just one example of one idea that you can now talk about out in the open without getting censored from at least Twitter. And because Twitter is the largest platform, that will put my contention undue pressure, or I should say due pressure, that will put due pressure on other platforms to also tolerate or permit those conversations and those topics lest the people be canceled on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube or whatever, which will drive more traffic to X, which is what Elon Musk's business proposition is all about. Elon's a business guy. He's a rocket scientist and he's a conspiracy theorist. He also, I believe, values free speech and his own children who are confused gender-wise, sexualized, I think is what's motivating this father who happens to be a multi-billionaire. And so this father who's a multi-billionaire hates the mind virus of wokeism, spent $44 billion to buy Twitter, and is now doing whatever he has to to make Twitter, to make X, the place where everyone talks. And he's accomplishing that. And in that context, trafficking, which has previously been something that's been suspicious, it's recently been a topic that has been that will get you canceled. They'll just gloss over it. They'll be like, oh, that doesn't matter. That's you can't prove that. There's no proof there. That doesn't happen. That's a topic that is now fair game. It's so much fair game. Elon Musk is literally tweeting about it. This is him this morning, probably about an hour and a half ago. I'll, I'll jihad it so you can see it better. Elon Musk says, does seem at least a little suspicious. This is uh, obviously a meme, a series of memes from The Office. Michael Scott and uh, uh, Pamela Beasley says, Pizzagate is real. No, it isn't. We have experts. They traffic children, but we have experts. Your expert just went to jail for child porn. And then she's like, what? Now, obviously, this, this calls into question that what is Pizzagate? You can do your research on this, but there was a, uh, is or was a pizza restaurant, Comet Pizza, that was connected through media and politicians to uh, encounters, sexual encounters of trafficked children. 
which really kind of gets your foot in the door of the rabbit hole for the child sex trafficking, the demonic stuff, the Freemason stuff, and all those other types of things. My intent is not to pursue that rabbit, and I'm not going to lay that out. I think at this point, most people that listen to what I say have probably been apprised of the fact that that type of stuff exists. I agree with the Apostle Paul when he says, be wise in this, you know, be simple in the evil and wise in the good. So you can acknowledge the evil, but I don't need to know all the evil with the swirly signs and all that stuff. I'm not trying to be an expert on how to communicate the fact that this sin happens. I want to make the daily news bend and bow to King Jesus, which is the mission of this live stream. The mission of this live stream make the news bow to Christ. That's what I do. That's this mission. So in order to do that, let me then say, because Elon has Twitter and Elon's trying to do everything to foment and to generate free speech, he does that by letting the people that were previously censored talk. And when it offends people that were previously benefiting from the censoring of the people who are offending them, he then goes to where they are, Israel, and placates them. He puts on the bulletproof vest, he walks around, he says the things, he sees the things, he says the stuff. He's letting people talk. And now, as I showed yesterday, that MSNBC clip, the majority of younger generations don't support Israel. That's because they see the blank check that the state of Israel has been seen. They're fatigued from forever wars in the Middle East. And they recognize that their, their, corrupt, their government is freaking corrupt. If I, if I can just real fast, I'll just talk about the fact that we are now on the hook $450 billion for illegal immigrants. Watch this. Stuart, we have new numbers, a new report from the U.S. House Committee on Homeland Security Majority. They say the price tag per year is $451 billion. That is both for the housing and care of the asylum seekers as well as those known Godaways. Yeah, so let's put these things together. America's in chaos, lawlessness, I argue because we've taken our eyes off Christ. I, I believe, I am a, I'm an optimist because the Bible says that King Jesus is on the throne expecting, expecting his enemies to be footstooled. That's where I start. I start with the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whomever so shall believe shall have everlasting life. Whoever does not believe is condemned already. Right When you believe the gospel, you're participating in God's reconciliation mission of conquest that he completed on the cross, and now it's mop-up duty. That's where we are at. As a Christian, that's where we are at. So making everything bend to him, you can see how God is using a South African Elon Musk who doesn't know him to value free speech, to buy a social media platform with his business acumen, making it the biggest uh, um, platform and microphone from free speech and now the guy who seems to be secular elusive uh, you know non-affiliated with any kind of group and he's socially weird like he's just socially kind of because he's so smart he's just so, socially weird his social weirdness makes him to where he can kind of say things and get away with it it's it's remarkably you know it's 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 um it's amazing how he can just say stuff People come at him and he's like, well, you know, I'm kind of in favor of free speech. You know, it's like, okay. <laughs> so he's doing all this stuff. And now you have trafficking coming as 
in is the lever. Let's define things real fast. I just we just I just googled it. This is a human trafficking. The unlawful transport and coercing of people in order to benefit from their work or service, typically in the form of forced labor or sexual exploitation. I argue that this is happening in mass around the world, specifically in the United States. I believe that the massive open borders to the South is how massive amounts of immigrants incentivized through social welfare programs and promises of uh, prosperity uh, or prosperity and all those things with the promises of and the goodnesses of the fruits of America that come from a biblical worldview secured in the constitution they come here in droves and as they come across they get raped they get pillaged they get uh, you know kidnapped they get funneled into child sex trafficking now, the, that might be difficult for people to hear, but it may be more difficult for people to envision because this means that there is rampant raping, it means there's violence, it means there's coercion, but it's also being facilitated by your government. If the American government is having open borders and you just saw that taxpayers are subsidizing it, the open borders are basically the hunting grounds. They're the proving grounds. It's, it's, the, it's the grocery store for human trafficking. You go to the border. You see what you want. You pick what you want. You let it keep going or you take it wherever you want. The lawlessness. Lawlessness gets wickedness. Proverbs 28 verse 4. They that forsake the law praise the wicked. The lawlessness in this nation is worship of wickedness. The open borders and the incentivizing of people coming into America is the exaltation of wickedness. It's praising wickedness. It's facilitating human trafficking. It's destroying economy. It's displacing America. It's changing the demographic. There's so many things that are wrong with it. But you realize this next part. But as such keep the law contend with them when you keep the law you will contend with these people you will fight them which is where i want to point out the fact that they are rife this is a daily post article new york daily post article busted high-ranking pentagon official overseeing federal schools arrested in georgia human trafficking sting pull quote from this says a senior Pentagon official who oversaw federally operated school systems in the, Amer in the Americas uh, has been arrested in Georgia human trafficking scheme. The Coweta County Sheriff's Office last week announced the arrest of 26 people, including Stephen Hovanek, former chief of staff of the Americas Division of the Department of Defense Education Activity, in connection with an alleged human trafficking ring. Hovanek has apparently held the position since 2010, according to his LinkedIn profile. Authorities charged Hovanek, 64, with pandering, a misdemeanor in Georgia, after he allegedly solicited sex in a motel room with an undercover agent, according to Fox 5 Atlanta. This kind of operation is really important to us because, number one, sex buyers are a huge problem in the industry. Without sex buyers, there wouldn't be a market to females to continue to be victimized. It goes on to talk about like the, the, the specifics of how these types of things are going on. It's there. Whether it's taking people and holding them into coercion or addicting them to drugs or getting them into bad situations whereby they can only sustain themselves or, or buy their freedom through their sexual participation, it's evil, it's lawlessness, it's unrighteous, it's wicked, 
these people are going to go to hell unless they believe the gospel. Genesis chapter 1 speaks about how God gave people, he gave man dominion over the earth, dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, the beasts of the land, and every creeping crawling thing. God did not give man dominion over man. Every society is a voluntary association. People voluntarily come together. When they do that, they establish the law. In America, the common law is what we have. The constitutions secure the common law. The open borders, the incentivized illegals, the trafficking of human, the collaboration with government officials, and the perversion of these God-haters is all an indictment on the fundamental idea that man can't have dominion over man. It was wrong when it was slavery. It's wrong today when it's human trial, when it's when it's sex trafficking or just trafficking otherwise. It's wrong and it's unlawful. Which gets me to how do people respond to it? I spoke about Pizzagate earlier. I spoke about the tweets that I was doing in 2015 and, and other people. There are way more people than me doing this stuff. I'm not, you know, I'm not OG on it or anything. But this was popular years ago. And it's just now coming out because Elon Musk is tweeting about Pizzagate in his uh, in his tweets. Like this is him tweeting it out. Does it does seem at least a little suspicious? That's huge. The man with the largest platform is pointing to a very specific conspiracy theory from years ago that will tie in media, politicians, government officials, institutions, banks. All sorts of things together. This is massive. This is really big. This is this is one of these things where as this idea comes out and as more people are now... It's like social proofing the idea. People who tweeted about it in 2015, like me and others, you're, you're canceled, you're shadow banned, you're called conspiracy theorists, people hate you, they go against you, whatever... Um, but if you now have the man with the biggest microphone in the world saying it, it's like, well, he's a conspiracy theorist who happens to have the most influential microphone in the world. In many people's eyes, that will attribute to the concept credibility. In other words, trafficking was something that you couldn't be talking about. Now it's something you can be talking about. This is the Overton window being shifted. This is the Hegelian dialectic moving back towards speaking about unrighteousness and lawlessness. However you want to frame it, it's injecting into the common discourse, the public free speech debate. It's injecting ideas that have been hunted, silenced, censored, actively banned. And I believe it's a good thing, which is why we're about to... We're, I believe there's going to be a rapidity. This type of injection of truth will only escalate. And that's a good thing. Before we get on to the next segment, please go to HumbleWB.coffee. HumbleWB.coffee. If you want delicious air-roasted coffee, go to HumbleWB.coffee. Portions of proceeds goes to mail Bibles throughout the United States. It's direct, delivered to your door, private membership association. Don't be like 99% of coffee roasters that put the bean in a bucket 
and burn it over a fire pit and then load it up with a bunch of fake stuff, go to humblewb.coffee to get your air roasted coffee delivered to you. The second section, I want to talk about Q and two sides thinking. Q and two sides thinking. As a result of the Pizzagate, in late 2017, there was uh, Q, the military operation. People uh, who watch me will know that I am no fan of Q. I've called it Gnosticism because it is. Uh, it's hidden knowledge. It's hiding who the guru is, dispensing with and telling people what's true. Now, I will get to that commentary here in a second, but I first want to just acknowledge the fact that Q is a very real thing. It's not QAnon, it's Q. There's Q posts, there's, uh, there's uh, date fagging, there's all sorts of things. Diggers and bakers and all, you know, there's this whole subculture of people that look around the, the internet for information to put it together, to present it as a counter narrative to what the godless commies have been doing to control the way people think. Essentially, when you don't put your mind specifically to the Bible, you're putting your mind to other things. The internet was the democratization of information on a wide, massive scale. The godless commies couldn't control that, so they rapidly started building out social media platforms and uh, other ways to corral people onto these talking spaces. So instead of AOL chat or MySpace or uh, internet forums that were all over the place, social media companies, I believe, were promulgated by the government to centralize and consolidate where people spoke where people gathered digitally on the internet. And then those companies were controlled by the internet, or uh, excuse me, controlled by the government, or they were controlled by people who generally hate Jesus and had incentive to destroy America. How do they have incentive to destroy America? By keeping people's attention on the salacious, the sensational, the unproven, the suspicious, by always kind of doing the next shiny thing you keep people away from their work. You keep people away from the word. You have people bifurcate. You have people separate from a national identity to different tribalistic groups. And as long as you keep them separated, they'll never co consolidate into a cohesive uh, entity. They'll never actually unify around one singular idea. And there's power in that because you can create... Uh, Meta, you can create rivalrous dynamics with an endless amount of tribalistic dynamics. This is the other side thinking. Well, the two sides, the Democrats, the Republicans, the conservatives, the liberal, that's what has been the old way of postulating politics. It's still there, but it's like the dinosaur. That way of thinking is going away. To, to demonstrate this, I want to point to internet uh, influencer guy. I believe he's a Christian. His name, he goes by Anomaly. Anomaly made this video where he's speaking about the two sides being controlled. We'll watch this. Commentary follows. What if both sides of politics were controlled by the same people? What if the politicians that pretended to be outsiders weren't really outsiders? 
outsiders. And the politicians that claimed to be so rich they didn't need to take donor money actually deceived their base and took hundreds of millions of dollars from mega donors and corporations, which would explain why they hired the same swamp they claimed to want to drain. What if the side that said the election wasn't fair in 2016 said that you couldn't say the election wasn't fair in 2020? What if the Republican candidate printed more money than the previous liberal candidate and infringed on the Second Amendment? Take the firearms first and then go to court. What if liberal politicians were just pulling on heartstrings with slanted social justice, environmentalism, and racial narratives, not to make the country better, but as a tool for power and control? What if both sides were too stubborn to admit that they're getting tricked and just sit online and fight all day? What if grown quote-unquote conservative men only debated young liberal girls on college campuses for content because it's an easy win, but those same conservatives are constantly smearing, blacklisting, and falsely labeling people to the right of them and refuse to debate any competent competition to cast the false illusion of choice? What if the same people pushing the no safe spaces narrative on college campuses were passing and supporting speech laws to try to make it illegal to boycott or protest a foreign country? What if both sides hate to hear what I'm saying right now? Does that make it hate speech? Should you allow the government to define what hate speech is when most tyrannical governments hate the truth? What if everything I just said was true? Would that bother you? If so, ask yourself why. Now, I generally agree with him. I believe I believe he's a Christian. Well, I'll, I'll take him at his word. I, I generally agree with what he's saying. I don't argue with it. But notice even the presentation of the two sides is itself a value proposition. It's a condemnation on the typical mainstream two sides which itself is creating another side. You've got mainstream and not mainstream. You could even do this with me right now. By Jaron pointing out that there's two sides thinking, Jaron is creating two sides where there's two sides thinking and non-two sides thinking, which is itself two-sided. But that's not my point. My point is, I don't think most people recognize that dynamic. I don't think most people will recognize the two sides dynamic, but they won't track it all the way back to infinity to recognize that there's a God who is true. He is the authority. He is the one that everything must take its context to. This is where Jesus was talking in Matthew 12, verse 30. There are those that are with Christ and there are those that are not with Christ. That's how Christians need to think. I was talking about this yesterday. The damage and the vulnerability of two sides thinking that doesn't begin with Jesus will very easily bind itself to something, to one side, and then anything that's not that is wrong. Now, in full disclosure, I, I want to do this with Jesus. I want to do this with what the Bible says. So if the Bible says something, I want to do that. I want to be completely bound to what Jesus says. And I am against anything that Jesus doesn't do or doesn't say. That is 100% what I want. I don't always do that because I am a sinner. I'm a horrible person. And whenever I sin, I don't do what Jesus wants me to do. I'm actually siding with something else. Such as the journey of sanctification, which is why we need to repent and have humility to recognize that we aren't perfect. This is where grace comes in. But make no mistake, just because other people sin and we need to have grace doesn't mean that the, there's not the truth that Jesus is true. This brings me back to Q. This brings me back to, and if you just type up Q right now, you'll get this in, in uh, Google. Top Stories talks about a, um, an AI 
talks about an AI thing going on, right? So this is not what I'm meaning by this. What I'm trying to point out is Q was, I believe, artificial intelligence collecting and pulling data from high-level government actors in order to uh, generate posts knowing that there would be a uh, imposed rubric of analyzing numbers and dates to establish pattern, to establish pattern recognition. And if you can understand that concept, at that point, allowing a computer program to draw from pictures, to draw from texts, to draw from all sorts of things, it's not hard at that point to generate an output that then allows that tracking pattern, that behavioral training, that pattern recognition to self-perpetuate. In other words, if you had the ability to make a government agency disclose how many of a thing it had, how many pencils do you have, how many cases of violence did you find, how many uh, child traffickers were there, how many images on a, a hardware was there, you could easily have a computer program propagate numbers that would be recognized by people looking for that pattern. You could create, you could train the confirmation bias and then promulgate the confirmation bias by propagating the confirm by propagating the content that would then be used to confirm the bias. This, from a Christian perspective, this is when the Bible says, do all things to the glory of God. You can literally see everything that you do as glorifying Christ if that is how you're thinking. And if that's how you're thinking, then you will say, I'm going to do this live stream to Christ's glory. I'm going to drink water to Christ's glory. I'm going to love my wife. I'm going to educate my kids. I'm going to drive down the road. All these things I'm going to do is for Christ's glory. And now that that's the context, everything that I do is going to be pattern recognition for that purpose. Likewise, if Q is an artificial intelligence program, and that's my guess, I don't know, no one knows. And because that's my guess and no one can prove it, let's use it as a, as a program to test, as a hypothesis to test against. Well, if that's the case, notice all of the media articles that had 17. Notice all of the timestamps, 315, when talking about Kefefi or Bitcoin or uh, any kind of new type of money or condemnation on the Federal Reserve. And if you train people on how to see those pattern recognition or how to recognize patterns, then after you get them trained, you could actually throw breadcrumbs out in order to have the people that are trained discover the trail that you laid for them. Now, if you overlay this metric or this style on top of the truth of trafficking, that doesn't mean that human trafficking doesn't happen. It means that the publication, the broadcast, the speaking of human trafficking is done because people have discovered it through the human through the pattern recognition. This doesn't invalidate the truth of human trafficking being wrong, being widespread, or being connected to politicians and media and all these other things. It just means that the way that you got there was assisted by someone, something that made it happen. Now this is where I believe, 
the Anons, who were all in date fagging, telling people when things would happen, expecting things to happen, this is where they will back up and say, well, it doesn't matter that we got it wrong, it matters that we're now here. At which point, I want to give grace and say, okay, amen. God bless you. God bless you. But that's not my point. My point is now that you're here, do not use the same way that got you here to keep going. Because if the two sides debate got you to a position where you're speaking about truth, don't just rely on the efficacy of how you got here. Now that you know the truth, the truth shall set, shall, shall set you free. I believe it's Acts chapter 26. I'm going to be wrong on this. Acts, in the book of Acts, Paul is quoting uh, Greek poets. He's quoting Greek poets. The Greek poets are acknowledging the fact that there is a there is a creator. So these pagans are writing poetry in ancient Greece, suggesting and pointing out that there has to be a creator. Look at all this stuff. So these people who don't know God have rightly concluded that there is a God. So if you were to bring them to a knowledge of God, they can't continue to think the way that they were when they got to God. In other words, when you arrive at the truth, you now have to have the truth tell you what to do, tell you what to think. The dangers of having Q and executive orders and the War Powers Act and all these things, the dangers of having those things tell us what to think, and there's many people who believe these things. State nationals with changing your status, which I flirted with that for a while. Uh, I've been following Q for years. Right? The danger of these things is that these things aren't the Bible. The purpose of this live stream is to make the news bow to Christ. Make the news bow to the King. I don't do that if I grant the efficacy of different methods approaching truth once the truth is identified. You can't tell me that human trafficking is a big deal because a bunch of articles had the number 17 in it. If you got to human trafficking because of the articles that had 17 in it, amen, welcome, we are here. Now what do we do as a result of the truth that we've all come to from different ways together? And that's what I want to focus on. Because if you do not self-examine and recognize that what got you to where you are might not be what's true because it's it might not be Jesus. If what got you here is not the word of God, then you, now that you're hearing this, need to abandon that because it ain't the word of God. And so, let me just run this to the application. If you now recognize that human trafficking is bad, if you are one of these people that look at Executive Order 13848, like I harped on, I mean, I memorized this thing. This is an executive order. It's still there. Joe Biden extended it. There's people that will look at 13848 and say, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's where things are. But think about this. How many state constitutions say that, it's, that elections have to be free and, and equal? Which means that this executive order on its face is unnecessary because the law of the Constitution says that state elections have to be free and equal. This means that the federal government doesn't even have the power to make this executive order. 
So if this if this executive order is not granted power to the executive branch in the U.S. Constitution because it would violate the state constitutions, then when President Trump wrote this executive order, he might have known that people were going to try to steal the elections. But if the people are going to try to steal the elections that included cheat machines or federal statutes that influence the way that states administer their elections, like the Help America Vote Act of 20, or 2002, then they're already doing unlaw, uh, unlawful elections. They're already maladministrating the elections. This executive order is downstream from all of that lawlessness. You do not need this executive order in order to defend and restore elections. You need the law, which means that elections are free and equal and can't be interfered with. But yet people won't recognize that. What they'll do is they'll look at Trump, they'll look at Q, they'll look at this internet law that says that the executive orders are run by the military and the military's in charge of the nation. And they'll look at this and they'll say, well, look at this executive order. It's on a .gov website. It has to be the law. Meanwhile, never paying attention to what the law is, not knowing what the law is, but now having rightly concluded that elections are being messed with, they continue in the following of the executive orders and not the text of the Constitution. Does that make sense? And so if you can see something that gets you to the right conclusion, that doesn't mean the way that you got there is correct. In, in, in philosophy or in logic, this is called the genetic fallacy. Just because you got to a position doesn't mean you got there the right way. It means you got to the right conclusion, which means that truth is, uh, you know, it, it, truth can be discovered, it can be observed, it can be measured, but that doesn't mean that you're observing it, discovering it, or measuring it the right way. And so if you conclude that elections are bad, but you stick on the executive orders of the law of the land, then you're not really advocating for the law that says that elections need to be lawful. You're advocating for the method that you found out that elections are bad because you prefer Trump and the Patriots or whoever to punish or prosecute the people that are messing with the elections because the two sides that you're sticking to your side got punished by the other side, and now you want some semblance of vengeance and not the law. For Q, the people that do the date fagging, and there's not at this point, there's no Anons doing date fagging. They've all learned the lesson. They've all learned the lesson. You can't tell the future, which is the other part of this. Isaiah 43, uh, God says, there are no gods before him. There are no gods. There will be no gods after him. He is the same. The Hebrew says Jesus Christ is the same today or yesterday, today, and forever. Only God knows the future. God prides himself on the future. But yet there will be people, because of Project Looking Glass, think that, they, that there's somebody on the internet who can tell the future and has baked into the presentation of Q-drops to let people know that there's, there's a plan, that people know the future. They never say who's involved. They never say what the plan is. They don't give you indicators to judge or to examine, are we still on the plan? Is the plan going on? It's, it's always a wink, it's always a nod, it's always a hat tip, it's always something that for the people who have been trained in pattern recognition will pick it up clear as day. And the people who haven't won't, and they'll be suspicious. Well, I'm saying that's a mockery of what the Bible says, because whenever God does things, we attribute those to God doing things. We see things through God working, not cue. 
And it's this distinction that needs to be made if you actually want a restored country. Because to move forward, here's my whole point, to move forward after identifying these problems like trafficking, child sex trafficking, the Federal Reserve being owned by the Rothschilds and the Freemasons and the Vatican and the gold and all the things. If, if you recognize these things now, how do you move forward? Do you stay on the systems and the methodologies that got you there if they're not right? How do you know they're not right? This is where repentance is necessary. I believe it's as simple as recognizing that we have betrayed and turned our backs on God. I believe that cuts through everything. Get rid of the academics, get rid of the philosophy, get rid of all the people doing their presentations, including myself doing this whole thing. If you don't look to Jesus, you're wrong. Let's say that Q has his plan, Operation Looking Glass works. Can God change the future because the algorithms that used to predict a certain course of action, God just said, I'm gonna change things because I'm God. Who's sovereign? And that's ultimately what this comes down to. That's why I don't believe in Q as an authoritative uh, issue or plan or figure or group or anything. That's why I've always doubted it. Because once you start to say this is the way, like the Mandalorian, once you start to say this is how we do things, you've just demoted God and you've just replaced him. Because God isn't a conclusion. God is the Almighty. He's the King. He is the way. He is the method. He is the truth. He is the, he is the how. He is the why. He is the what. He's all of those things. But if something else gets you to him, that doesn't mean that you got there because you were smart or you figured it out or that way was right. It means that he wants to be discovered. He wants you to see him. And now that you're with him, you follow him. And this tells you how. That brings me up to our third segment. This one is going to be for the men. Men must lead. And again, I want to uh, speak to the feminists in the audience. And I want to say that this is by no means to be construed or intended to be against women or females. I love my wife, I love my daughter, I love my mother-in-law and my mother. I am not against women or females, but I hate feminism. And it's this notion that females need to compete with men or that they are now better than men that we need to smash. But instead of arguing against that, I would much rather just speak value, love, and power into men. If I can, I want to play this clip. It's when government shows up. I've played it before. There is curse words in this. So if you've got kids or, you know, people that don't want to see and hear the F word, don't do it. But it's the idea that the government shows up. They're not part of your life. Commentary follows. I get up at 445 in the morning and I don't see a sign of the government anywhere. Every single day for eight and a half hours, I exchange my time for labor. I don't see the government anywhere except for on Thursdays. Thursdays I get my paycheck. That's when the government shows up. That's when they feel they are entitled to split half of the currency I made for trading my time, my skills, my labor. This goes on throughout the year where I'm responsible to keep records of all of this. At the end of the year, it's my responsibility to prepare all that documentation for them to review it. They then determine 
if their cut was large enough. If I don't meet their schedule, I face fines, fees, or the threat of being locked up in one of their cells. I guess some people call this taxation, but it doesn't meet my definition. To me, that sounds a lot more like fraud, embezzlement, and fucking slavery. I think it's long past due that we all stop participating in this. Yeah, amen. There's a lot there. It's powerful. Uh, of course, uh, you know, pay all the lawful taxes that you owe is all I'll say on that. But it's this idea. I want to come alongside the video and say amen. Your work is your worship. Your work is absolutely your worship. What was I quoting the other day? What's it? Second uh, Thessalonians? Second Thessalonians where Paul is talking about... Um, you know, making an impact with what you do. Not everyone is going to be able to have the glorious beard and articulately lay out the solutions to the world. <laughs> Not everyone can talk on the internet. Not everyone can have a podcast, although they seem like they do. Not everyone can do what it is that I do, and I can't do what you do. But you do what you do. At the very beginning in the garden, God made men for war... When he said, go exercise dominion. I made this world. God made this world. He called it good. And he said, go exercise dominion over it. Which when you think about that, God made a world and he called it good. Then he put man on it and he said, man, here's your stuff. Go do it. And God wants to participate with man exercising dominion over the creation. So God made something he called good, and then he put man on it, expecting it to get better. That's mind-blowing. Because God wants to work with his creation to do stuff that he thinks is better than what he originally made. Which just blows my mind. It also motivates me. It also has me, it also has me recognize the power that the power of what we do is not only worship for God, that's our warfare. That's our warfare. And here, this video, the where the way that it's limiting is that it's limiting to say the government shows up to take from you what it doesn't have by right. I completely agree with that, by the way. And I, I would I want to rant and riff on that all day long. But think about this from a positive perspective. Think about this from the fact that the, that the government shows up, which means the government is not everywhere. The government is delayed. The government has interests. The government is not you. You are not the government. In my view, I just identified so much opportunity to conquer, to invade, to war, to fight, to battle, to contend, to wrestle, to struggle, to agonize over where the government isn't even involved. I do believe that government is the biggest idol in the world today because most people fear it instead of God, which by this video, for just going off the video, there is plenty of ground where the government is not sovereign, doesn't have an impact. The government's not showing up when you work. It doesn't show up whenever you're talking to people. It doesn't show up when you parent your kids. The skeptic, the skeptic and the cynic will say, well, yeah, it does. But they're not there all the time. Even if artificial intelligence was, was listening through all of your devices and all the stuff that you're saying, they still can't analyze all that. They're not smart enough. They can't get in your head. They don't know where that thing's at. 
I see so many, so much opportunity to do the right thing. And I, you know, if, if I can shift just a little bit, this is being bold to do righteousness when no one else will. I want to play this video. Um, commentary follows. Now, if you take this video as a journey of manhood, you've got the oppressor, the robber, with his mask on, the gun, trying to come into your realm, take your stuff. And there was, a, okay, 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 okay. And then eventually there was the opportunity that the man struck. And he went right, and him striking was him going right at the aggressor, going right at the person that was doing it. There was no evading, there was no shucking or jiving, he went right for it. And notice that the gun was where the power was. You, you disarm and you take away that gun, that, that dude had no power. A fight ensued, back and forth, uncertainty, goes around all over your realm. They're, right, they're fighting all over the realm of the store. Then eventually, the aggressor was overpowered. And now the tables have turned. Now the seesaw has inverted. The power dynamic has, has changed. And then the aggressor tried to run out the door, but the door was locked. The aggressor had locked himself into the business to make sure that no one else could come into the fight because the aggressor expected to dominate that realm that he entered into. So by locking himself into a position, as soon as the ruler of the realm went right at him, took the gun and fought and scuffled a little, the guy took off his mask and started pleading, help, 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 help. Men, I believe that this is the journey of government corruption. You are ruling your realm, you're living your life, you're running your business, working wherever, supporting your family, providing for your family. Government comes in, locks the door, thinks that it is now going to get in a fight to compel you to do something that you shouldn't be doing. You go along with it. All right, all right, all right, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll do the things. I'll fill your forms. I'll do the stuff. All right, all right. But then there's that moment where the government gets so oppressive, where these bullies get so oppressive that you move. And when you move, you go directly for the thing that it uses that it thinks is most important. Now, in real life, this isn't the gun. It's the law. It's the Constitution. The law is what the government has been using to lock us into a position to come into our realm to start telling us what to do and try to take our stuff. And after you take enough of it, after you feel the pain, after the fear is there, after they're just pushing on you, go right at them using the law. Using what's righteous, using what's written, using what is fundamental, go right at them and fight them. Fight them in the law. 
Fight them in the courts. Fight them in your business. Fight them in your homes. Fight them in the churches, in the schools, on the streets. Fight them everywhere. Fight them everywhere. It's not violent. It's contentious. You want the controversy because you're standing on truth. You're going directly at these oppressive bullies that are lawless. Not because you want to, but because you have to and you get to. If your work is worship, if the production for your family is provision for your family and glory to God, then this is an act of worship. This is where the church has not been taught this. The church has been taught separation of church and state. The church has been taught be nice. The church has been taught go sit on the sidelines. The church has been taught, well, I'm heaven focused. I'm raptured focused. I'm, I'm, uh, I got to be focused on the kingdom. The kingdom is here. The world just can't see it because the world ain't looking for Christ, which is why you have to go be his ambassador and show him to them. You have to go do that. Which means whenever someone comes up in your face, up in your hood, with your family, your house, your business, whatever, you go right at them. You go right at them. I want to show this graphic of Faramir. He's the guy that in The Lord of the Rings said, I do not love the bright sword for its sharpness, nor the arrow for its swiftness, nor the warrior for his glory. I love only that which they defend. This character, of course, was the one who led the cavalry charge uh, across the Pelennor fields in the Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. This is why we fight. We fight because it's righteous. We fight because it's right. We fight because there's glory in it. We also fight because we love what we defend. And when what we defend is being transgressed, it's being attacked, it's being oppressed, we fight for it. I believe that government is an idol. I believe that corrupt government officials are wicked. Proverbs 28 verse 4 speaks to this, I believe, when it says, it's our verse for the day, Proverbs 28 verse 4, they that forsake the law praise the wicked, but such as keep the law contend with them. You are called to contend, to fight, to war. Now a lot of this, most of this begins with you inside of you repentance of bad thinking we've tried to cover that with the two side stuff turning away from the worldly powers wants and ambitions finding what jesus wants and following him but make no mistake when it's you versus them it's got to be them that lose this is not a call to violence there will be people who hate jesus who want to see me arrested or doing whatever that will construe it like that they suck they need jesus they're going to go to hell unless they believe the gospel this is absolutely total war in the sense that you are bringing the truth against whoever's coming at you with tenacity intensity you're not apologizing you're not trying to be nice you're not trying to be well liked you're doing it because you want to glorify god provide for your family defend what you've been given but also you want to love the corrupt and the evil and bring them to a position where they can repent, should repent, or you smash them in love, in peace. This is difficult for the modern American Christian because we've been effeminized, we've been attacked, we've been placated, we've been indulgent, we've been distracted, we've been trained to think stupidly, we've been trained not to self-examine how we think, 
And as a result of that, when we are right, if we are right, we don't have the tools to self-examine and to say, you know what, Jesus, what do you want me to do in this moment right now? Don't continue in your folly. War the way that he wants you to. Amen. Folks, the gospel of Jesus Christ is that Jesus was virgin born, came to earth, lived a perfect sinless life, voluntarily took the cross, laid down his life, took God's wrath upon him so that you and I do not experience God's wrath for our sin. When he died, and die he did, they put him in the grave. Three days later, he physically rose from the grave. That gospel is the good news, the reconciliation to God. We are separated from God because we are sinners. Our reconciliation to God is only through the blood of the lamb. Jesus was, is the sacrificial lamb. His blood washes away those sins because God requires life. He requires death as the punishment for sin. Which means whatever life you have, you will lose whenever you are in sin. As soon as you sin, you sin against an almighty, infinite, holy, holy, holy God. The only way you get to him, the only way you don't pay for your sin is through Jesus. When you believe the gospel, you will obey him. If he says jump, you will jump. If he says walk, you will walk. If he says climb, you will climb. If he says endure, you will endure. But that means nothing unless you believe the gospel. That's not just mentally believe. Okay, yeah, I believe that he was on the cross. He died. He rose. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It means you've got to trust him in your heart. Trust in Jesus. If you do not trust in Jesus, then you don't know him and he don't know you. Matthew 7, 21, 22, 23 talks about that there will be many people that go to Jesus on that day, at the end, in the judgment day. And they'll say, Jesus, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we do all these things in your name? And he's like, be gone from me, bro, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. That's the scariest verse in the Bible. Be gone from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Friends, believe the gospel. Believe the gospel. Appreciate your time, Lord willing. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, one way, that the two best ways to help me is not only the coffee at humblewb.coffee, the link is in the description, but also switch your shopping. Switch it. It really doesn't cost you anything. It's a new way to think. It's a different way to solve the problem that you already do that the globalists have trained you to do. They've trained you to go to Walmart and Costco and all these other kinds of things. Train yourself differently and go to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Myself or someone with me will call you and we'll walk you through. The difficulty is going to be, well, I'm not used to thinking like this. Of course. You're not used to thinking like it because you've been trained by Walmart. You've been trained by Amazon. You've been trained by the big box stores. I will put a note of caveat. You should do live local. If you, if you do this and you say, you know what? I can find these products locally. Amen. Go for that. I want your dollars. Your dollars are your bullets. Your prayers are nukes. I want you to get in the fight and wage war for Jesus by grace, with love, in peace. 
I don't want violence in the streets. I don't want chaos or confusion in your home. I want people to make smart decisions, which will put them in some pain where they have to think differently about how they do stuff. One of that ways is right there at patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Until next time, uh, I am Jaren Jackson. I do love America. Do not quit. Quitting is for losers. Go to war.